Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful and Still Warm, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And I'm Will Silver. Yes, we've got Will back on the show just to give us a, an extra voice. My plan to have a number of rotating third people hasn't quite worked out, mostly due to the time that Zach and me have ended up recording these, often after midnight, sometimes at 1am. But well, great to have you back on the show. It's just that the football is just non-stop just now. Hopefully you're enjoying all of it. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a good time to be a BC soccer fan and and a football fan in general, um, especially watching the Premier League and the Bundesliga and the EFL Championship this weekend. There's uh, lots of interesting stuff. I can imagine. And I guess if we're wanting to talk about some interesting stuff this weekend, I guess we have to go to Zach and to talk about the end of the Bundesliga season. Now, he set it up nicely on the show last week. and I was quite excited to watch it after our chat. Then I totally forgot all about it, woke up at maybe 8.20 on Saturday morning, was just checking my phone, reading The Guardian, and they were having stuff about the exciting end to the Bundesliga season. I was like, ah, crap, forgot all about it. Switched it on, but it was just at the end of the games. Managed, because a TELUS lets you put things back. So put it back, watched all the key moments, and Zach, that was a... Very exciting end to the season, and grudgingly, I will say well done to your Bayern boys. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, uh, I can't remember what I said on the podcast last week, but talking to my son this week, I was just like, uh, I said, Kirk, I was like, Dortmund is going to smash Mainz, like 6-0. I said, we're going to struggle to get a victory in Colo. But um, when I turned on the game, when we got out of bed, I woke up my son, went downstairs, turned on the game. I put the, We put the Dortmund game on the big screen. And we put the Bayern game on an iPad. And as we turned it on, all like, there was a there was one word banner from the Dortmund fans, but their whole thing for the day was just like flares and smoke stuff. And as, it, as, as the match, as, as the broadcast was starting just before the match kicked off, all I saw was Terzic with this kind of black grayish cloud behind his head. And I, 
in that moment, I felt maybe there's a chance. <laughs> and then as things as things kicked off, as you know, Mainz got that beautiful near-headed uh, uh, near-headed uh, goal from a corner to kick things off, and then Onisiwu, who's just been uh, a great servant for Mainz, uh, scored a, a goal. Maybe a little bit fortunate. Kobo maybe could have done better with his hand. I know, pairing it onto the post and at the back of the net. Uh, even at that moment, I still thought, okay, like Dortmund can still come back. But when Haller or Aller missed the, the penalty or got stopped on the penalty mm. uh, by the young uh, Damien, uh, I was like, uh, I don't think Dortmund's going to win this match. <laughs> and at that point, Kingsley Coleman had already sorted his wonder strike. And I was like, okay. But I said, to, again, I said to Kirk, I'm like, we we need to score two, like two or three goals in this game for sure. And as as things would have it, uh, we gave away a late penalty. <laughs> yes, and, and it, the Colton fans were going nuts, and the whole stadium erupted, and then that set off the Dortmund stadium. And well, aside from yeah, aside from yeah, it was interesting how this, the the things went back and forth the same. Aside from uh, you know never wanting to be the team that has the title celebrated in your stadium. Uh, oh, apparently, yeah. there's a bit of uh, connection or appreciation or. History, positive history between the uh, Dortmund and Colm Ultras. And so ah. so I think that they were, yeah, really wanting to help Dortmund out. Um, and it was, I know it was fun. Plus, everyone hates Bayern. Yeah, of course. Of course, everyone hates top, the top dog. But do you see, the, the funniest part was like that, the, they kept on showing that one Dortmund fan in, in, in Cologne in the stadium. And he was sad all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, so then we gave it the penalty and like, I'm just like, I'm just like, I, I would have been okay not winning the title, you know, in one sense, but not by, not by not winning in Cologne. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just like, this is like, this is, this couldn't be playing out any worse, you know? And so then, uh, uh, when, uh, Tuchel made the sub to bring on, uh, Musiala for Goretzka, who Goretzka had already been subbed into the match in the second half, uh, was like, oh man. Uh, obviously, he had to go for it. Brought on Tell as well, and uh, that goal from Musiala was just a wonderful strike. The, the kid is, the kid is so good and have, like so excited for his future. And he showed bits of it at the World Cup, and yeah, it was just it was so great. And then yeah, I, have, I of course I had some of my buddies were in the stadium, and they were sending messages and photos, and yeah, it was it was it was pretty. It was like I, I like I wasn't around around like i wasn't like watching on tv like for uh, some of the big um you know come from behind victories on the penultimate or final match days in the past for Bayern. i've heard of them i've seen the highlights i've sung the songs and whatever but i never got to experience them you know even like this on tv where yeah, in the final moments of the season we we won another title it was it was pretty amazing the other huge thing and it's too bad steve's not here to talk about it is uh on the same day or the same night or whatever we also fired our we fired our uh um we fired our ceo and our our director of sport so oh i, I missed of, that because i was going to make the joke of oh well you your your manager's safe he's not going to get fired no. oliver khan and and hassan salih both got the sack and it was too close the it, this one was too close 11 yeah, in a row no, but this one was too close no no it goes i mean with salih Mijic, <laughs> it, with it, khan it's uh, apparently like khan the vibe and the whatever you know con like he's not a touchy feely kind of guy and he, he apparently he's his approach has eroded some of the 
family spirit within the club for such a big club. It, it is seen like a family and whatnot. And so there was, there was frustration over that, but Sally Amidic, I mean, you know, all your joking aside, Michael, he is at the heart of the issues over the last few years with the coaches. I mean, mm-hmm. the, one of the reasons why Flick took the Germany job was because he, he wasn't getting along with Bratzo. And I don't think it's because he was being unreasonable. And the same thing with Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann went because, in part at least, because, uh, and, and I didn't, I, I there's a lot of things I didn't like about Nagelsmann or his style of play and stuff. But um, the reason he went, I think, was it was in part due to discord between him and Salih Mijic. And so, um, yeah, it was really interesting. And then, to, and then to make top that off, like Salih Mijic was in the stadium and celebrating with the team, but Khan was not. And I think it was told to media. Khan is not allowed to be with the team today because he has a cold. And then Khan put on his social media like, hey, I've been forbidden by the club to be at the stadium today. Oh. So there was this kind of like, uh, is it, you know, is, are they using this? He says, you really have a cold? Are they using this as an excuse so they won't, don't want him there because he knows he's going or, you know, whatever. And yeah, anyways, the big big celebration at the Marienplatz today in Munich, uh, like on Sunday. And it was a double celebration, double champions, the men's team, the women's team, uh, a, a really great time. I haven't seen all the videos. I've just seen a, a few of the photos. Um, and yeah, really, really excited. Um, and I, I know, like I said on Twitter, Michael, like I know a lot of people's perspective is because the same club wins. Yeah. It's not worth watching. And to that, I would say you're missing out if you choose not to watch it on based on that reason alone. I mean, that is one of the, the reasons I don't watch it. The other is I, I don't really have a team to cheer for because I would want to go for one of the the smaller teams. Borussia Mönchengladbach would maybe be a side I would pick just because there's a, a line and a half man, half biscuit song. Supercalifragilistic Borussia Mönchengladbach. We've, yeah, we've had one this conversation before. They're one of yeah. the biggest, most traditional clubs in all of Germany. So it's not like you'd be choosing a small. No, a small, I know. So I'd, whatever. Maybe, maybe I'll take a team that goes up this year if there's a small team that goes up. I don't know. We'll... There's two small teams going up. Darmstadt is making at least their second uh, appearance in the Bundesliga. It might be more than that. Um, but they're second in the last, whatever, decade or, or, so, or two decades or so. Uh, but I think Heidenheim has been promoted for the first time ever. And okay, I've just been that, avoiding... That could be my team. Are they East or West Germany? Oh, uh, pretty sh- I, my memory serves correctly. They're, they're West Germany. Just want to make there's... sure I'm on the right side for my team. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot of clubs in in in, in East Germany other than, obviously, Dead Bull. Uh, Energy Cutbus used to be in the Bundesliga. And then the Berlin clubs. Dynamo Dresden? Dynamo Dresden, they've been in the Bundesliga for a while. But one of the Berlin clubs is will no longer be in the Bundesliga because uh, Hertha has been relegated. Uh, I haven't, I don't know all the picture on the bottom because this weekend so far I've only watched the two games. I haven't watched all the other games, so I've been avoiding some of the scores. Oh. Although someone did message me, and I'm pretty sure Schalke is down as well, even though I haven't watched their, their game yet or the other games around it. And uh, Well, you don't so have I to think... worry. I don't think we'll be spoiling it for you. Okay, no. perfect. But I don't know who's playing Hamburg in the playoff. Oh, I'm right. pretty sure it's Ham- Hamburg again in the playoff. And I don't I might, know if it's I might Bochum, watch, Bochum or... I might watch that. I did watch one of the legs last year. I've, I've got to say, like, because, you know, I don't watch a lot of German football. I was very impressed by the crowd. It seemed fantastic atmospheres at, well, at both games. Well, like I tweeted, one of, like, the Bundesliga is not, it's not just about the football. It, it, to me, it's, it's the on and the off the pitch. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the stadium. 
this yeah totally that too the stadiums haven't returned to like pre-covid fullness um the way they were they were always like all virtually oh. always full before there's been a number of matches this year i've been you watch the game you're like wow okay there's a whole section there in wolfsburg that's empty or or whatever mm-hmm. or like you know the stadium's maybe two two-thirds full or whatever and you're like well that's not a great look um but um no the uh no the the, the supporters the the choreos the, the you know the tifo the the pyro the everything is is really at a, at a great great level in the bundesliga and yeah it's, it's so so enjoyable to watch and like i said i i usually watch on a, a normal week like six to eight matches a week and mm-hmm. and just absolutely love it well thanks for joining us on the show this week well that was our two-hour show just wrapping <laughs> yeah. up there um Hope we'll you've enjoyed that. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're we're stepping on manual vest territory here. So I mean, I, I, what football were you watching this weekend? Well, I I watched the Luton Coventry playoff final, which was a bit yeah. of a disappointing game, but it had a lot of drama because Luton kept getting goals getting chopped off for various reasons. Sadly, mm-hmm. Steve's Coventry didn't make it. I was I was wanting them to go mm-hmm. through. I've got my specials two tone Coventry top that I like to wear. And then I watched the the run into the Premiership today, which wasn't as exciting as the the no. Bundesliga. But my favourite part of it was when apparently the West Ham fans were winding up the Leicester fans by pretending that Bournemouth had scored against Everton and that Leicester were safe. And then they were all celebrating, and then it came through. Oh no, we we're just having a laugh. That's a that's a mean but funny yes. as, as a neutral. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I support Newcastle United, so I was definitely mm-hmm. watching the game today. It 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 wasn't the most interesting, and it basically no. Was I watched the game on Monday, where yeah. you were in complete control, and then for the last five minutes you were hanging on with your yeah. fingernails. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I always quote you, Michael Squeaky Bum Time. Yes, uh, that was. Uh, I also um, I have this. I don't know if it's an affliction or what, but I support my friends' teams. This this is how crazy I am. So I tend to watch uh, games that my friends' teams are are playing just to see how they're doing. Um, So I was I I didn't have uh, Bayern Munich on, but I was watching the Dortmund game, and I think I I texted uh, uh, Zach and just said. Dortmund is pooping the bed. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I watched that game and uh, I, I rewatched some of the other um, uh, Premier League games. Uh, but yeah, no, pretty exciting end to the season, at least in Germany. It was a little anticlimactic for um, the Premier League. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, I'm happy because we finished fourth. I mean, it's when things get down to the last day and it's very exciting, it's good. I, I've been trying to catch up with the, the Scottish results just before we're recording this and I haven't got to the end of the Hibs-Hearts derby. It's tied at one apiece. Hearts are down to 10 men and whoever wins that game, well, Hibs have to win it to clinch a European spot and if Hearts just draw, they'll be in. So I'll complete that as soon as we, we finish this. I've got about 10 minutes, I think, of it to go in the sports scene highlights. But enough of chatting about football elsewhere in the world. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of the show and talk about Canadian football. And we're going to start things off with our cup competition here in Canada, the Canadian Championship. 
And the final is set, Will. It's another mm-hmm. all-MLS affair. It's going to be at BC Place on June 7th. The Whitecaps will be hosting Montreal. Montreal beat Forge 2-0. Now, that was a game that I had to leave at halftime to make my way to, to the stadium in Langford to make sure I got parking. Because if you don't get there about an hour or so before, there's just no parking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a crap first half. And then, much like when I, the Whitecaps-York game in the quarterfinals where I got to watch the first half live, which was crap, I missed all the action in the second half, but Montreal went through 2-0. And then the Whitecaps beat Pacific FC 3-0, and BC is no longer purple. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, I saw that tweet by the Whitecaps where it was almost like, I don't know, a... Uh retro marvel uh, yeah the super card or something yeah. yeah uh bc is blue um yeah. i i didn't mind that too much uh i was talking to some friends who didn't just thought it was all silly yeah, but I, uh, I saw it get panned online i didn't quite understand the hatred towards it. i thought it was fun and yeah i, I didn't mind i, it I like too those much kind of things yeah and like james merriman has been bigging up the whole purple thing for a while now when when he beat tss he was like oh i guess bc is still purple well nope it's not anymore it's blue and white and i was gonna say long may it continue well until tss beat the white caps and it turns red and black again i just have to raise my hand a little bit here um like it is a rivalry and you know i want to win but I don't have any ill intent towards Pacific. I, you oh, know, I didn't with... until the TSS Rovers game. <laughs> Although it's mo- mostly Josh Hare that I hate now, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because I'll just let you guys know, they hate us. They hate Vancouver. Yes. Um, yes. They, had, they, they, they didn't had... do their jersey or bring Whitecaps merchandise to the game this time around. No, but they, they were, when I went uh, with Zach and other people to the Vancouver FC they had they were selling shirts in the merch booth that said beat vancouver and there was some posters up around that said beat vancouver yeah because they've got a tie-in with the hockey team there as well and it's like a soccer hockey thing i love that and i i mean i I said an earlier show i i feel like cpl terms i feel more towards pacific than vancouver Mm because that was the first cpl team i watched and mm-hmm. was cheering on. So I'm not just suddenly going to switch allegiance and be back in Vancouver just because, well, they're not even really in my backyard, but they're closer. But I, I still like, I, I like Pacific. I like what they do there. I love the stadium, like a lot mm-hmm. of the guys involved with the club. And yeah, I felt fear. I'm, I'm kind of joking about the TSS thing. I, I, I feel no ill feelings to, towards them either. I, I was hoping for a better game than it was. Mm-hmm. It was very one-sided. And we'll get to the whole Ali Ahmed injury as well, which basically overshadowed yeah. everything and disrupted everything. But it wasn't the performance from Pacific that I was expecting. No, and, you know, it wasn't even really the performance from Vancouver except for a bit of a stretch in the first half. Well, um, see, that, that's the thing, though, because it was disrupted. Yes. The first 17 minutes, yes. they were looking rampant, and I thought, oh, they're going to put up four, five, six here. Yeah, and they were just starting to really roll. I know we didn't want to talk about the injury, but yeah. just when the injury happened, I mean, they were rolling. It looked like you were saying it was going to be five or six nil. And then 
the rest of the game it just seemed flat right so um, yeah i mean i un understandably so yes yes i mean zach did, did you get a chance to watch much of it did you watch it live i can't remember from us chatting back and forward yeah, I couldn't watch the first half live. I watched oh, I think, all right. the second half. Yeah. I, I think it, uh, I turned it on. Actually, I think I saw the end of the first half. Um, so I didn't see the injury. Probably because it, it went on for an extra half hour. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, have, I have the game recorded on, on FUBA, but I, I haven't go, gone back to watch the injury, and obviously they haven't shown it. Uh, or I, I haven't seen them. You know, I didn't see them later in the broadcast where he showed the injury. No, it was because so they showed it about twenty or thirty times. Like oh, while Ali was getting medical treatment, which I thought was uh, absolutely shocking. Well, I, you know, my guy messaged you because the first thing I saw, actually, I think, was this image of the the white sheets, and I was like, yeah. "Wait, what?" Because uh, now, yeah. nowadays, when you see the white sheets, obviously, you think of Christian Eriksen or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, I think I texted you right away. I'm like, "What happened? <laughs> Is Ali going to?" Well, when that came out in um, the stadium, like we were genuinely very concerned because, oh, yeah. like, we watched it live. It was a, a heavy coming together, a fair coming yeah. together. Like, there's no foul in yeah. it. The, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like some folk were saying, "Oh, should have been a penalty." It was a heavy tackle. No. no, it was it was a it was a proper football tackle, and it's how Ali fell that yes. that caused the damage and the hard turf. But he fell so awkwardly; his arm was bent at a weird angle. His head yeah. whacked off the turf. So when we were watching the replay back, because a few of us then stuck one soccer on our phones or our laptops just to kind of see what what was going on because we couldn't quite tell from the press box. It's like they kept showing it over and over, which is a, I yeah. say I thought was dis disgusting and like totally disrespectful. But I I feared that he'd broken his neck. Yeah. And then when the sheets came out, you're like, oh shit, this is really, really serious. Yeah. Well, uh, I was watching at the uh, Southsiders bar uh, with a uh, friend of the show. I think I can say, I'll just say it, uh, Greg Petrie yes. and uh, Sarah Petrie and uh, Ryan Burns. And uh, we uh, we were just stunned by the whole thing. Actually, Torsten Ricketts was sitting uh, a little bit oh. behind us as well. Oh, but, um, what was he saying about that? That must have well, been yeah, for him. He said very similar to what you said. It's you know it's a fair challenge, but it's just unfortunate and really horrible to watch. Yeah. Um, it, it they did show it over and over. The, the first time I was like, well, what even happened? Because mm. he was like rolled over and like. Oh yeah, and it, it's, it, it's fair to show it once, maybe yeah. twice, but then as soon as you see the gravity yeah. of the situation, you've exactly. got to you've got to take the call in the production booth to stop showing it. And in the TSS Pacific game, they were focused right in on the head injury between Conor McMillan yeah. and Amir Didic and right in on the blood and everything. And it's like, okay, yeah. we're watching a football match here. You don't need to, to do all this. Yeah. Um, there was an incident, actually, in the Luton-Coventry game. There was mm -hmm. eight minutes in, and the Luton captain kind of... It looked like he was going backwards, caught his cleats in the turf, went down, tried to get up and collapsed. And there was a lot of worry then around him as to, mm -hmm. oh, what has happened? Is it another Ericsson situation? And the camera crew there cut away and never went back, never showed the thing happening. And it's yeah. like, that's how these situations to be should be dealt with. I, I totally agree with you. I think it was, I mean... Maybe I'm wrong, but it felt like a slow burn to me. Like it didn't seem that bad at first, 
And then I agree with you. There's a certain point where it was like, oh, well, this is way more serious than than it first appeared. And like Zach said, the the sheets come out and you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? What's going on? This is this escalated. Um, But uh, yeah, it's definitely, you know, I think um, when the Erickson thing happened, they handled it kind of right once they figured out the how serious it was they did they really stopped showing it right so um so it yeah it's definitely a, a difficult one to know how to call that but there is a certain point where you just have to stop showing the replay yeah it it it, it changed the atmosphere in the stadium as well because at first mm-hmm. there was still noise coming from the the lakeside boys and then they realized the gravity of the situation and then the longer it went on you just knew how serious it was. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I was sitting there and like genuinely, because I've spoken in the show before, we've got a really good relationship with Ali. We love mm-hmm. the guy. He We've talked to him so much. I've talked to him last year at WFC2 Games, chat to him this year, and he's such a lovely guy and you just want the best for him on and off the pitch. So because we have that kind of relationship with him, I felt sick. And yeah. I, 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 it just took me out of the game. And for the rest mm-hmm. of the match, I didn't really care what happened. And I, I was just, I was like messaging Nathan at the Whitecaps, is everything okay with Ali? And it's like, well, he's going to hospital, he's conscious. Um, yeah. We'll give you an update when we know. And then at the press conference, I got to ask the first couple of questions. And the first question, obviously, is forget the game, any update on Ali. So, I mean, the good news is, amazingly, it's just a concussion which is obviously still serious. And with yeah. the way that he hit his head, it's like a, a, going to be a very bad concussion. But considering what was going through all our minds from dislocated shoulder, broken arm, that has he like broken his neck? Concussion was one of the things folk thought about as well. It's kind of amazing that that is all, when you see how hard he hit and how his body bent, that that's always come out of it with. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, that did kind of change the game. If if we kind of look at the the game, we won't delve too much into it. But Whitecaps took the lead in the 14th minute, Julian Gressel, and it was one of those incidents in a match where it, the game's just gone from end to end. One team doesn't take their chance, and then the other team just goes up the pitch, takes their opportunity, uh, and puts it away. So Pacific had had a chance. The ball had come into the back post, and I think it was Salouf, if I remember right, that had the chance. Takaoka makes the save, and then the Whitecats broke quickly from the rebound. Um, Alessandra Schopf tore forward, played the ball outside to Gressel, who fired a fierce low one into the, the far corner, past Gazdorf, and the champs, defending champs, ha- had the lead. And... As soon as that went in, I was fairly confident the Whitecaps were going to go on and get the job done. Because mm-hmm. last time, when they fell behind, they were chasing the game. Now this time, they were in the ascendancy from the start. And then three minutes later, it was two. Ali Ahmed, Ali Ahmed, the ball not headed fully clear from the corner, comes to him at the end of the box, strikes at home. It's 2-0. Caps looked home and dry by that point. Totally that goal. That goal was very reminiscent of 
Pacific's goal against Vancouver FC in the opening uh, game of the of the CPL this year, yeah. where it was not a great headed clearance that fell mm-hmm. to someone who then you know kind of smashed it in. It wasn't as good as Aparicio's goal in that game, in my opinion, but it really, really reminded me of it uh, when I saw it on the replay lit- in, later in the broadcast. Yeah. Um. And uh. But yeah, you're right. It was a a quick double strike that you know turned the tide of the, of, of the game ultimately. I mean, Pacific pushed hard to get back into it, and they didn't. I mean, they 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 huffed, they puffed, they threatened a little, but the Whitecaps. I mean, they were looking comfortable. I think if they had managed to get the breakthrough, it would have made for a very, very interesting game. But the the Whitecaps completely fell out of that first half. Well, understandably, after the injury. Yeah. And Julian Gressel spoke about it after the game as well. It it was just hard to get their focus back. And you do kind of wonder if, like, maybe they should have taken the players off the pitch to maybe just regroup in the dressing room. Maybe they just didn't know how long the, the thing was going to take. The The referee apparently did ask, do you need a little more time? And they just kind of wanted to get on with it. But 17-minute stoppage is huge for players, for both teams to deal with mentally. And it was Pacific that dealt with it better because it's not their player. And mm-hmm. they came out fast. I think they probably realised, look, this is our chance to get back into this because the Whitecaps' minds aren't going to be on it. But apart from a few close calls, they didn't really threaten to, to get that one goal back even. Well, there were some good defensive plays. Um, yes. And and some good saves as well. Yeah, Takaoka uh, had a good one from Aparicio towards the end yeah. of first half. And Daniels had a looping header that was tipped onto the bar by Takaoka as well to end the first half. One of those yeah. went in, and then you've got a completely different second half coming up. Exactly. But it did feel like the spirit was out of the caps, and Pacific was sort of driving a lot of the the uh, passing and the possession. Yeah, I think the Whitecaps seemed happy to give, give the ball up. Aparicio had a great shot about midway through the second half that Takaoka turned away at full stretch. But mm-hmm. then... It was a case of the goalkeepers, really. And, Zach, we've been talking all season about Emil Gazdorf did not cover himself in glory with that third goal from Simon Betcher and dropped today for their game. Whether that was coincidence or whether that was planned or I I don't know what, but that was another horror one from Gazdorf. That's four howlers this season. Like it's 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 getting to a point where two have gone through his hands. That one sort of went through his hands. Actually, you can say that one sort of went through his hands. So three, and then the other one went between his legs. I think from the weak shot from uh, Passius from Forge. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to some people about it, just saying like, "Hey, like this is obviously not good enough." But there is, I think, a sense that they need to that they're choosing, and we'll talk about this more. I think later <laughs> later in the show, they they've chosen. To go young at the at the goalkeeper position, yeah, they've chosen they've chosen to, um, uh, yeah, and going young obviously that impacts your your cap and what you can do at other places, and you see that in their squad in the squad building at Pacific. Um, so they have two young keepers, and they're gonna they're gonna roll with them. I don't see them changing that this year, but yeah, Gazdoff has great potential. 
and he's still learning. What is he like, eighteen or whatever, or nineteen or whatever? He's I think really he's young. Nineteen, and the other one's 21. 20, 21, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you need to allow him to make mistakes, but and obviously this one didn't cost them the game, um, like the the Forge one absolutely did. Um, yeah, but but uh, it's it's you know that you know that James Merriman is concerned and frustrated. Well, the the local journalists that were there were talking about this. It's like, oh, do we have a goalkeeper controversy on our hands? And I was trying to pitch the idea of their headline of you've got basket and basket case as the two keepers. But they, they weren't quite buying buying that as as their way to go. But yeah, they need to they need to get a, a, a grip on that. James, I, Merriman, I, 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 honestly, I don't see them changing, Michael. I think they're going to roll with this. Yeah, I mean, uh, for the I, year. It might have to be the Kevin Keegan approach. You just score one goal more than the other team. Throw that in for Will as his Newcastle yeah. connection. Um, my, Michael, that's that's the plan for every uh, club in football. Well, yes, <laughs> obviously, but it's like that was definitely the Kevin Keegan thing. If they score three, we'll score four. So you've got to have the players that can then do that. If you're letting in a goal or two goals a game, you've got to get the players that can score then two or three. If you're keeping clean sheets every game, you're guaranteed to at least get a point and you just need to score once to, to take all three. James Merriman said after this one that the Whitecaps were decisive, they were clinical, the goals came from specific mistakes. He felt they were naive in the crucial moments and just found it all very frustrating. But, I mean, hopefully they'll learn from that, take it in to the the season now because they've got this to focus on they kind of focus so much on trying to maybe get to the canadian championship final maybe get to the concacaf champions league through that so now they have to turn their attention to trying to get there through the the cpl for, for the white caps well mm-hmm. they've got a chance now to make history for them and win their first back-to-back trophies Mm-hmm. And this is the best opportunity for them to do it. Obviously, mm-hmm. they only have had one other time to do that. But, I mean, Montreal's found a bit of form. We did just bank them here 5-0, but I think that was Montreal in a very different mindset. Yes. But yeah. you, you've got the home advantage. You've got the midweek travel. Whitecats have to be big favourites going into this. No, I totally agree. and I, And I think, you know, when we played them earlier in the season i think they were still getting their legs uh they've shown that they're a lot better they there's just so much turnover and change last year uh especially you know they gutted gutted their defense you know there there's just a drastic change and i think they were getting you know used to all the new faces and to the faces that had left and they picked up some steam so i mean it's a great chance for the white caps june the 7th can't wait the final last year against TFC, that was a magical night. Hopefully the fans will come out for this. I know the Whitecaps worked very hard to fill that stadium for the TFC game. They've got shorter time to do it this time. And I'm pretty sure that we're we're going to see a lot of ticket initiatives from the Whitecaps and the build-up to this game. Trying to get that full house. I think it was over 24,000 that they packed in for that TFC game. Hopefully they can get close to that, if not match that, for this time around, which I know is a tough ask. The the first of the ticket initiatives has been announced. 
the Whitecaps are going to provide financial support for League One BC hosting opportunities with $1 from every Canadian Championship final ticket going to support the next League One BC hosts in the Canadian Championship and Women's Interprovincial Championship, which is going to be held this August here in British Columbia. So the, the Whitecaps have announced that a, a dollar from every ticket sale will get split evenly towards the men's and the women's teams. And uh, as we talked about on the show, that the, the cost for TSS to host that Valor game was about 35000 all-in. And yes, they did get some money back from ticket sales and sponsorship and stuff, but nowhere near what it cost to put it on. But they were aware of what those costs were. And they were happy to take a bloody nose if it meant it raised the profile of the league and it raised the profile of that level of football across Canada. So, I mean, that's all fantastic. And uh, another initiative from the Whitecaps is all League One BC teams will have the opportunity to secure $5 per ticket kickback to them through their own unique group links. So watch the, the social media for all the League One BC sides. TSS Rovers fans, watch for that ticket link going out as well. If you buy your ticket to the Whitecaps Montreal Cup Final, $5 from every ticket sale will go back to TSS or whatever affiliated club that you've clicked through on the ticket link. So that is another fantastic initiative from the Whitecaps as well. I want to give kudos to them. Well done. But hopefully they can get a good turnout for that one. And if the Whitecaps can go back to back, that would be fantastic. Booking another spot in the Champions League very early in the campaign. Then they can turn their attention to league business. And that's exactly what we're going to do next after this. Hi, I'm Ali Ahmed. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's one of the final two songs that we're going to bring you from our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for me, Irish band Ash. That is a standalone single that they released called A Life Less Ordinary. The theme song from the 1987 Danny Boyle film of the same name, 
starring Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz, reached number 10 in the UK charts, and it's a fantastic song. We've got one more song to come by Ash to kick off the next part, but in this part, we're turning our attention to League Business, MLS, still Whitecaps, because they were in action on Saturday night against St. Louis City, the first meeting between the two teams, the new expansion side in MLS, making history by becoming the quickest expansion team to reach the 25 points margin. MLS will just has all these little things. It's like firsts and, oh, the first team to do this in nine games, the first team to do this, reach this point threshold. Some of them just seem so random, but that said, it's a good achievement by St. Louis and it's been... I think a start by them that surprised many, many people around the league. Well, I, I, just incidentally, I, I I totally agree with you on that, where it sometimes feels like they have to come up with drama. Mm. You know, they have to come up with stakes. And yes. I was watching... Oh, that's why there's all the rivalries that they have to come rivalry up with, forcing week. them. Yeah, rivalry week. And I was watching the uh, Portland-KC match today uh, in KC, and they were saying like, well... They may not be rivals uh, geographically, but these teams are rivals. You know, like they were trying to, you know, it's it's so annoying. It's like everything's forced. And it's like, I mean, you do get that. You get that around the world. Like, even in the UK, a much smaller country, you get random rivalries like Brighton, Crystal Palace hate each other. Mm -hmm. And you've you've got stuff like that that just comes kind of almost from, from nowhere. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a great evening for no. the Whitecaps in the Gateway to the West, as the one of the city's many nicknames. I was looking up to see what the various nicknames were to see if I could get a pun for my headline, which I, I didn't in the end. So not a great evening for the team. Mm-hmm. An even worse one, I think, if you're Thomas Hassau. He He got the start in this oh. one well. Yeah. And like we talked about it on our show last week, so I'd like to get your thoughts on it. It's like you've got a player making a fair whack of money that mm-hmm. is the backup, and you do need to have a quality backup. But the issue that you've got with a backup then is at some point he might have to get thrust into action without really having any games under his belt. So you've got mm-hmm. Isaac Bomer and Max Anker, who are splitting the time in WFC 2, Hassel's just been sitting on the bench. We mm-hmm. thought he would maybe get the the nod in the Canadian Championship. But as soon as Takaoka started in that York game, you were like, well, he's clearly not going to get this because you're not suddenly going to throw him into a semi-final with mm-hmm. a, a spot on the line and trying to get some revenge from the, the defeat a couple of years ago. So it's it's a really difficult one. Because he has to get some playing time, and we're going to talk about that about another player. But then you throw him into a game like this, and it's a tough outing for him that's probably done more to his confidence than giving him a confidence-boosting start. I totally agree. You know, so a couple things. The goal was great, but I don't think it was purposely supposed to be aimed for the net i think it was no so we're talking about the first the... one edward leuven's free kick yeah, yeah he, he was yeah. not going that was a cross come shot one of my yes. favorites yeah and i think that is part of what sort of threw 
hassle off. Now he he kind of didn't get to it or judge it right, but it also like curved. There's a wicked curve to it, and it was it was not really intended to be a shot. So it kind of threw him off, but at the same time, he should have done better. Yeah, I I, th- I think he should as well, Zach. And I don't know that Takaoka would have done much better because he's a he's a shorter keeper. It's just the way that that placement went. It was a it was a freak kick basically, and it just went into the postage stamp corner and just. I mean, if Hassan had stayed on his line, could he have yeah, got yeah. to it? Well, that well, that's the issue is he misreads it initially and he steps forward. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where you can criticize his you know whatever abilities or match fitness or or whatever. That that's the problem that he he was unable to recognize the flight of the ball from from the kick and steps forward and then makes a bad maybe even mistimed jump if you will, and he's not able to get a hand to it and it looks like it's a a, a great goal that is really a, a mishit shot or mishit cross. Yeah. And it is one of those freak things. It's not what he was aiming for. It then looks stunning, and the keeper looks at fault. And I, like, I'll put my cards on the table now. I I hold Thomas Hassel full stroke part responsible for all three goals that, that mm-hmm. the Whitecaps gave up. And the, the second one, the own goal. Owen. Yeah, Owen again, doing the business, this time against the Whitecaps. He's come back to haunt his old team. And there's a lot of blame to go around in this one. Blackman with a header. Now, for me, a defender shouldn't just be heading back blind. It looks blind. It doesn't look like at any point he's looked to see where Hassal is. And, I mean, one of the first things you're taught when you're playing football, especially as a defender, is you don't head the ball back on goal. Mm-hmm. and you just try and get it away from the danger area. Now, this is when it comes down to was there communication? Yeah. Because from the video, and obviously it's impossible to tell, but from every single angle that they've shown the goal, I don't see Hassal making an indication that he shouted to come and get it and say my ball mm-hmm. or play it back to me. So if there's not a shout, then the defender rightly is going to think, well, my keeper's back there, I'll just head it back to him. You should still look, I feel, but I, I, I just think with Hassel flying off his line the way he did, I don't know if he was expecting to come for the ball. If he was, he has to give that shout. And Vanny said afterwards it was a breakdown in miscommunication. I, I think it has to go on, on Hassel, though. I tend to agree with that. Uh, I mean, I, I think if you're going to go forward, you have to call for it, right? So I think that was part of the, the major problem there. It's just a miscommunication. And like you said, not enough playing time, not enough playing uh, with the players in front yeah, of Yeah, getting recently. that chemistry going. Yeah. Because it, it, it does take a while. And yeah. um, it's hard enough when the back line's rotating in and out and in and out because of the, all the games. But Takaoka then has that understanding with a number of his things. And I think a very telling thing, especially in the, the Leuven goal, is the reaction of the Whitecaps defenders. Mm-hmm. And they looked pissed off at that. And it, there was no hiding it. The second goal, Hassal looked really pissed off. I think he just knew just what had gone wrong there. And I feel for the lad because he's a good keeper. 
but he mm-hmm. needs to be getting playing time to go to that next development. And you've got Isaac Bomer, you've got Max Anker. I feel that they're both very good backup keepers that could come in when needed and sort of play a game. And I, I don't know that Takaoka needed rest in this one, but I do wonder if Vanny kind of looked at the, the schedule coming up and thought, this is the only time we can really get Thomas some minutes because it's a long trip after a midweek cup tie, difficult place to go, not sure what we're going to get from the game. He did well in that Champions League game that he came in and played, although a couple of little errors. But I think if you were going to play him in a game, this was maybe the game to do it. But it just mm-hmm. backfired big time. It totally, it totally did. And and it, it backfired because the thing he was missing was match fi- fi- you know, uh, match fitness. And you put him into a match and you just absolutely smash his confidence. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like... That, that's this is the problem and uh, and i don't know on what level the salaries coming out add to this but like we talked about last week mm-hmm. he, is, he is on money because they were projecting him to be their number one and then they either felt like he's not good enough we're going a different route or an opportunity to camp to get someone else of a higher caliber and they took it and i think that totally doesn't help the situation I don't know what it. I don't know how that weighs on him as a player or, or whatever, but it just doesn't help the situation, at least from the perception wise of the, of Whitecaps fans. And so, yeah, it, it 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 was, yeah, I agree with you guys. He needs to make that call if he's coming for that ball in that way. He needs to call off Blackman, yeah. or, or 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 say something to him, because yeah, for me now. I think Thomas Asal has to get loaned out somewhere in the summer because I think he can just mm-hmm. ride Takaoka for the season, even the League's Cup and stuff that's coming up as well. It's like, have him as your number one, play until he gets injured. If, God forbid, something happens that he does get injured, I've got faith in Bomer, I've got faith in Anchor as that backup. They can still get their playing time in WFC 2, Thomas can go maybe over to Scandinavia, maybe to the CPL uh, and get some playing time there. But just talked about Pacific, where mm. maybe needing an experienced keeper, but they might not go that route. That would be an ideal opportunity for him to get so, some playing time uh, as well. But it, it put the Whitecaps in a, in a huge hole. Two goals down at the half. And the annoying thing for me in this whole game, Will, mm-hmm. is... I, I think this was a an even game and a draw would have been a fair result. I don't think St. Louis were 3-1, two goals better than the Whitecaps on the night. I definitely mm. think the Whitecaps could have got something out of this. And, I mean, y- you saw it. Like, when Brian White got that goal to, to set up what you hoped was going to be a grandstand finish, at that point, and I said this on the radio last night as well, I thought the only team then that was going to get another goal in this match was going to be the Whitecaps and they might come away with a 2-0 draw because they were pretty dominant in the second half. But overall, Mm -hmm. there just wasn't much to to choose between these two teams, apart from the stakes. This is the other thing, despite the fact that St. Louis is pretty high in the the table, they didn't look great either. No. Um, So, uh, I mean... And maybe it was also sitting back a little bit too much, but 
I agree with you. There was really an opportunity there near the end. The the goal that got the Whitecaps into like the, the Whitecaps had been pushing. They'd had a, a couple of chances. White, I think, should have had a goal before this. The header that Ranko had, the corner comes yeah. in, Ranko meets it, his header yeah. goes to the back post, and both Cordova, who we'll come to soon as mm. well, and White are there. One of them has to make a run towards that ball and attack that ball. And I think White was in the better position to get to it. Totally agree. I mean, I think White uh, had a couple of really good opportunities that that uh, went amiss and, and, you know, point blank shots and things like that. But then the Whitecaps did get back into it in the 83rd minute and it was White that did the damage. Before we get to his finish, Julian Gressel. Once again, I think this is his fifth MLS assist on the season. That delivery, which he's been doing all year, I mean, that was just absolutely pinpoint. We, we spoke about this in the post-game show as well. Colin Miller was, like, just raving about it. And th- this quality that Gressel brings, and I want to have a discussion with you guys as well in a sec that, that we actually had o- o- on the show, but... That ball in, absolutely perfect. He makes those passes and those crosses look effortless. And then White rolls perfectly to head it home. And it's like, that's the kind of delivery White needs. It's on a plate for him. But yeah, going back to Gressel, effortless. Yeah, I mean, he's really the most valuable player so far this season. I know it's early, but he's just, the crosses that come in, um, his movement... Um, his shots, uh, they're all, you know, just really without him and the team, him and Kubas kind of make this club. Yeah, they they, they certainly have this season. They're the standout guys. Now, a discussion that we were having on the post-game show is Vanny, and we've spoke about this on the show so many times, he doesn't like wingers. Mm. But when you see those balls coming in from Gressel, and I know he's thriving in the number eight role, but all his stuff is when he's gone out wide. Isn't it perhaps time for Vanny to revisit that and maybe look at adding wingers? Because that's when the Whitecaps are looking at their best. That's when Brian White's getting onto these balls. You've got somebody like him that can cross on one side. Louise Martins has got a good delivery. Ali Ahmed's got a good delivery. Ryan Raposo as well. I think we need to re-look at this a little bit and maybe look at having wingers, even just for the odd game, depending on the opposition. I totally agree with you. But, but, but Michael, to, to be fair, Julian Gressel has done a really great job at, even though he's supposed to be central, getting into wide positions on the yes. right and, and using his incredible crossing ability. And that's what happened on this goal. And it was... I don't know. I, I can't remember them all, but I think, or remember the few of them, but I think that was Brian White's best goal of the year that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Like the clinical yeah, downward I mean, header. I think he made the keeper, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. he rose so well to beat that. I, I, I genuinely thought they were going to go on a, and squeak a point out of this. But then they give up a third goal in stoppage time. And mm-hmm. it's a great moment for the guy that got it, Miggy Perez. On Thursday, he graduated high school. Two days later, he gets his first goal 
first goal for a homegrown player for St. Louis. He's only their second homegrown player. So it was a great moment from him, a local lad doing the business. But Thomas Asal again on the free kick. And what I will say here is he's not the only one that does this because Takaoka has done this a couple of times this year as well, which is spilling the ball. Mm. And I feel that the Whitecaps defenders should be getting quite used to this now and reacting a little bit quicker. But it's St. Louis that we're in, got that rebound. It comes in then to Perez. He blasts home a fantastic finish for the third goal and puts the game to bed. But again, you're pointing fingers at Hassel, you're pointing fingers at the defence, and it was another Whitecaps mistake that let them get it. Yeah. It was the least bad of the goal. Of the goal. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it was still a goal that they'll be very, very disappointed to have, have given away. And again, talk, going back to what you were saying before, Michael, what, what I do remember about this one was you talk about the look on the, the faces of the defenders. Uh, own goal, Blackman did not did not look happy. And uh, I don't know if it was a full droop, like a full drop of the head. But yeah, it, you could just see the like utter disgust on some of the defenders. Yeah, that could have been a very interesting locker room, some of the, the discussions after it. And there was a lot of deflection after the game that we'll, we'll come to in a, a sec as well. I just want to speak about some of the the performances. Simon Betcher got the start that I was delighted with. And because he comes from the area as well, it kind of w- w- was a good one for him to get that. Wasn't his best game of the season. He had a couple of chances I think he could have done better with. He had a little bit of trouble sometimes getting the ball out of his feet. Yeah, but, when he's running the key, trying to run the keeper. Yeah, yeah. but he's a young guy. You're going to get that from it. Just like with a young keeper, you're going to get mistakes. And you do expect that. Maybe not three in a game, but... You, you are going to get that from younger players and it's just something you have to live with. And a player like Betcher, you'll hopefully learn from that. Hassan will hopefully like, take stuff from this as well. But it was good that he got the, the nod for this, even if it wasn't his best game. I was obviously absolutely delighted to see Levante Johnson make his MLS debut. Had him on the show last week. He was mm-hmm. called up, didn't feature for the Pacific game and when I saw that I was like oh he's going to get some time on Saturday and I, I clarified exactly what what the rules are around this as well because there was a little bit of, of confusion on my part so all the WFC2 players can be called up four times in the season that we know they can play twice from these call-ups that we know what I thought I'm sure this was different last season, but maybe I'm wrong, is that the the cup games counted, so US Open Cup, Canadian Championship, but they don't. So they can be called up four times and they could play four times in the Canadian Championship. Or they could be called up four times, play twice in the Canadian Championship and twice in MLS. So the two appearances are only for MLS appearances. So this is, I think, Levante's third call-up now, and he's appeared once in the Canadian Championship, once in MLS. So you can still get another call-up, and he can still appear in MLS, or you could get called up again and appear in the final. But, I mean, it was a small sample size. He didn't look out of place. I, I like that we've had another guy come through from the twos and actually get some time on the pitch. And it wasn't a case either that Vanny thought, oh, we're, 
we're trailing, I don't want to throw him in. It's like, oh, we're trailing, here's a guy that could possibly turn the game around for us and maybe mm -hmm. get us back onto level terms. Yeah, thanks for that clarification because that is important and that is valuable to uh, uh, well, to all clubs that, that take advantage of it. But in this case, obviously, the, the Whitecaps, uh, I, I hope for him he'll get, if uh, if not all four, then at least three of those games. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good thing if he has to come on in the final or maybe they're up by so much he gets to come on in the, the final. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But you I mean, I, sure. I, yeah, I mean, for sure, he gets a good, another qual like a good MLS chance, maybe yeah. even longer or whatever. But um, he's such a nice lad as well. And I like speaking to him last week, like be before we were chatting, him and, him and Sebastian were going through the, their FIFA teams that they were picking and stuff. And he he's another one of those guys that you just wish the very best for. And I, a good Canadian prospect uh, as well. Another guy out of Brampton so you've got guys like him doing well you've got guys like Simon Betcher doing well and the flip side of that sadly again is Sergio Cordova who I, I keep trying to give the benefit of the doubt to mm. because it is a double-edged sword he isn't fit match fit he needs to get this match fitness he needs to get this match sharpness you're only going to get that by playing in matches but when he's playing in the matches, he's not performing to the level that we need him to perform to to make that difference. So then what do you do? Do you start him and then you're not getting the best out of him? Are you bringing him off the bench and you're not getting the best out of him? I would have liked to have seen him get some games under his belt in WFC too, just to get 90 minutes in, get that fitness coming. They could still do that with him if they want. It's getting to the concerning stage for me. We We've had... DP strikers that have just simply not performed here. Is mm. this another striker that is going to do that? I said when we signed him that I was concerned. Yeah, he had a great season last year for RSL. Nine goals in the league, two in the playoffs. But you look at his stats as a forward, and he's been playing in higher level leagues over in the Bundesliga or whatever. That season last year at RSL was his outlying season where he outperformed anything than he'd ever did before. Have we regressed back to the mean this season? Are we going to see the best out of him? Discuss. I definitely see that he's not match fit. He's been gassed a bunch um, fairly early in games when he started, you know, 20 minutes into a game. Um, but, you know, the other thing I have to say, Michael, is... Some of it doesn't seem to be match fitness. Um, he's making some very poor decisions mm. about passes. That's fair. Um, the last game against St. Louis, there was a bad weighted pass. There was a horrible pass uh, versus Pacific. Um, you know, he just seems awkward on the ball. Um, he he and, does, does. He looks really awkward on the ball at times. Yes. And then he plays... It's like, did we sign the wrong player? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... I just, I, I, I mean, to quote my friend Greg Petrie, I don't see what the Whitecaps saw in him. Um, so, I mean, you know, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I, I seen that a conundrum that you're bringing up. It's like, you know, we want to give him more time. We want to get him to get comfortable. We want him to get up to match fitness. But I have some genuine concerns that I, I just don't 
think he's as much quality as we thought we were getting. But, you know, I guess still a small sample size, but it is getting very concerning to your point. I mean, we're not quite at the Alidea stage with him, Zach, where he's convinced us that he's a different player because he obviously played in MLS last year. That's still a fantastic thing. If you don't know what that is, just Google Alidea. I think we played a wavelength song about Alidea as well. In short, he pretended that he was the, the cousin of George Weah and got a trial with Southampton. Anyway, Cordova has given me Alidea vibes, just in his awkwardness on the ball. It's like, have you seen a football before? It is a bit strange, but it is weird that, yeah, I know we talked about this, I remember I think when the signing was happening or when the interest was whatever uh, was going on, that, yeah, his best year obviously was with uh, RSL last year. And with all the, because oh, I think Overhaul was still involved in, in this acquisition, if yeah. memory serves me correct. Well, I mean, it, Van, Vanny came out and said that was his number one target. He had identified that that was the guy he wanted to fit his system and to do what he needed to do. Yeah, so that just makes it feel really kind of weird and awkward because, you know, the sample size of goodness uh, from him has has been not not super high. The thing he had going for him was he had done it in MLS, yes. which is obviously something that MLS teams love to see. Yeah, that's what excited me by it. I mean, I didn't watch tons of him last year, but I was excited that we've got a striker finally that has performed in MLS. It's what I've always yeah. been crying out for. But it was just one year in MLS. And yeah. Not just MLS, but any league, you can be a player that you know clubs and, and players don't know how to play against and then you can let's say overperform yes and, 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 and you and, made that point where when the signing was was made and it's still a very valid point and i think the other thing is too is i don't know what his whole contract situation was but we know that players sometimes overperform when they are in a position of needing a new contract wanting a new contract wanting to create something because you know like in his case he was on loan from a from yeah a so you want to get that deal yeah, you want to get that deal. And obviously it helped him. But then as soon and as you've I, got I, the DP tag around your neck as well, more yeah. is expected of you. Rightly or wrongly, it's, it's like that's just how it is. I, I think, I think though, it's late enough to to, to to obviously say it's not early days for him. Yeah. But but it, I think I think he has the, at least, he has the potential to still come good. You know, like he yeah, still I still want him be... to. I I hope he yes. can because the Whitecaps need him. Yes, and they've tied up a DP spot in him, so it's like they need this guy to perform. They, they need to get him fit, yeah. and it's like get him some time in the twos, have him playing with Gloria Amanda and Antoine Coupland and Levante Johnson, and just maybe they'll help bring something out of him, get him up to speed, and just get something clicking. Maybe he'll get that first goal and then we'll go on a streak. It's what I want. It's what we need. We'll, we'll see if it happens. The last talking point. So are we going to say something? There's I just that. want to talk about one performance. You have another performance you want to talk about? No, no. I was I was going to move on to Vanny's well, post-game rant. So, yeah, well, if you yeah, have another performance. Yeah, I want to... I just want to... So, uh, I was... Uh, I was uh, had a meeting to attend and so... I didn't watch the game live. I, I listened to the first half on the radio, which was very interesting. 
Uh, and then uh, it was on. It was on TSN. Do you guys know the game was on TSN, or at least part of the game? Yes, <laughs> but d- did you know that it didn't start on time on TSN? Yes, yes, I yes. did. As you probably went, came back and checked yeah. your PVR, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, the Thunderbirds um, are on, well, but it's that, not even that, UBC." Before I checked my PVR, I saw comments online. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but as soon as it wasn't starting, and I saw there was like four or five minutes of the the hockey to go, I was like, "I'm just going to Apple," and it's but, better so, commentary because of the. Because of the, um, because oh yeah, so I didn't sit and watch every minute of of the of the stuff, and the and the radio didn't paint this picture for me. But my question for you guys is, in terms of performance, is uh, Vanny Sartini was very clear on his percep- perception last year, and I think the year before, yeah, both years, that Jake Nowinski is not a right back. How much did he have his team attack Jake Norwinski at right back in the game? Mm. Right? Like, to me, yeah. if, as a coach, if I've publicly said something, obviously, then I, I go do it. You know, I'm going to go and, like, it, it seemed like an obvious thing to do. And it well, didn't seem especially like... Especially he when I, he's on a yellow card. Yeah, he got a yellow early. card, right? Yeah. So he got a yellow card in the first half, right? Yeah, and he should have been sent off for a tackle in the second, I think. I think that should have been a second yellow. Um, I don't think I saw that one. Ah, um, oh, see, that was one of the controversial. Oh, that was one of the. Oh, yeah. Okay, things, yes. But yeah, okay. I heard about. Sorry, the, the, heard, the ball had it. gone out, and Jake clattered. I can't even remember who he clattered into now, but it it should have been like it, that tackle at any other time on the pitch is a yellow card, so it should have been a second yellow for him. Right. Anyways, I I just I, so you guys are both saying they didn't really key in on Jake much. No, I don't think no. they did well. No, I don't they, think they maybe should have. I mean, Jake is having a, a good season there, yeah, but he's it's like they season, should know his weaknesses as well from having him. Yeah, to me, just this is when you needed a winger to to attack him there. Yeah, or you had to have your wing back do a do a job or whatever, or fullback do a job. Sorry, but yeah, uh, I do. Okay, I just find that I just want to hear you guys' thoughts. No, on that, that that that's a very very fair reflection. The other thing that I I thought is. Like once he was on the yellow card and once Tim Parker was on Parker, the yellow yeah. card, they should have gone for both of oh, those yeah. guys and just tried to force them into something. And again, having a speedy winger could have caused some issues there. But there are other guys in the pitch, as you say, though, that, that could have done it. I, I also maybe doubt one other performance that I want to mention. I don't know if there's anyone else for you, Will. I thought Luis Martins had a good game. He's been a bit up and down this season, mm-hmm. but I thought this was one of his better games and I, I liked what I saw from him. Yeah, no, agreed. He he played uh, a lot better than I seem to have remembered. I, I've He's had some games that, again, selective memory, but I there's certain moments where I'm like, oh man, he really hasn't been playing very well this game but uh it's one of those much... things they'll stand out when they have a bad game yeah and when he's doing good and it's what you're expecting you don't remember it as well yeah yeah exactly so no i i noticed that as well hmm. but the the post-game talk was all about vanny's refereeing comments we'll get into those in a sec but let me play you some of Vanny's post-game audio from the the press conference. He also went on a rant on the radio as well, which was very similar, but a bit stronger uh, even, and more angry on the radio, so check that one out. But here's what Vanny had to say about referee Sergi Boyko after the game. That it's hard to win when the other team has 12 men. So that's the initial thought. 
And if we don't receive a letter from the league that apologizes for the shameful performance of the referee, it's, uh, it's, it's something that uh, uh, the league can do it and should do it because it's for the good of the, of the league because we export this product away. And when there's something that is completely shameful, unfortunately shameful, because it, it looked like the referee was a player for them, uh, it's really hard to comment the game with, uh, uh, I would say, trying to get into the, the the thing that happened on the field. Uh, you have some strong opinions there. Why do you feel that uh, it was shameful? Why do you feel that he was like, kind of playing for? Every every time? every, we didn't have any foul. They they every every foul for them was there. Every half and half. It was never. It was always two different uh, measurement. Never the same. And um, uh, Jake should have been sent off. Um, we the first uh, the the free kick. It's our fault. Thomas made a mistake. But it's not a free kick. At the end, it's a free kick for us. They they, they whistle a free kick for them and they scored the third goal. And the uh, management of the game was uh, on one way. Uh, probably he had a bad day, and um, I'm sorry for him. But uh, uh, if the league doesn't recognize that, there's a problem. Did you talk to the rap? Did you kind of explain your thinking and what was his response? Mm -hmm. He wasn't, he didn't respond to me and I, and I didn't want to talk to it with him because if not, uh, I would have been uh, uh, angrier than I am now and I would have said things that I would uh, later uh, regret to say. So better, better not to speak. So that was some of Vanni Sartini's thoughts about the referee from the St. Louis game, which to me was total deflection, really, from things like Thomas Asal's mistakes and the, yeah. the defensive mistakes. But I, I updated the the report and reaction piece on AFTN. So just to go over some of, of, of what he said there. I mean, in short, he's saying it's hard to win when the other team has 12 men. <laughs> That was his initial thought. He's wanting to receive a letter from the leak, apologising for the shameful performance of the referee. He's getting fined. We can basically say that oh, yeah. it's going to be a big fine. He again said that MLS is exporting this league to across the world, and then there's something that is completely shameful, unfortunately shameful, because it looked like the referee was a player for them. I think this was a complete overreaction. I mean, I don't think Boyko had a perfect game. He made a, quite a few mistakes, I thought. Jake Nowinski, red card. But, I mean, well, were you watching it? And did you come away going, oh, it's all because of the referee that we lost that? No, I mean, other than near the end, there was, you know, some some questions. But I, I thought for the most part, I, I I didn't really notice the referee that much which is one of the best things you can say about a referee yeah. um it i know this is a bit of a sideways story but things like this uh remind me of the time that zach and i and some others were in seattle and were cleaning up and came down an elevator <laughs> um 
to the to the back area of the Sounder Stadium, and Matt Geiger was explaining why he had given up uh, two penalties to uh, I forget the player's name. He used to play for Dallas. What's a, what was that guy's name? Oh, uh, I forget David the guy. Ferreira? No, 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 no. No, he's playing for Vancouver. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Um, big El Raton. Yeah, El Raton. Yes, Blas Perez. Blas Perez. Former AFTM columnist as well. Blas oh, Perez. really? Yeah. Yeah, I loved uh, Kai in the curve. I used to say, hey, cheater, cheap for us. <laughs> and anyway, so Matt Geiger was explaining to a bunch of fans in the back and re- like or something like explaining why he had given two penalties to to Blas Perez it, it was quite a moment so um it's nothing that bad it wasn't Geiger worthy so uh I I hold that as the benchmark of unfortunate referee uh life choices didn't we have uh, what's his name Matt Matt DeCap made a I don't know if it was a two stick or a railing banner or whatever. It was a, it was a Geiger counter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I mean, that was so good. Boyko, I think it, it's a lot of criticism put on him. Obviously, next time he gets a Whitecaps game, there's there's going to be pressure put on him. Vanny said that he didn't speak to him at the end, but the TV pictures showed that he seemed to have a go at him. And. I know he's angry and he is a, a player's coach and he's taking the heat off the, the players but by having a go at the referee. I just think it was way over the top and wrong in this case. And he is going to get a big fine. I, I think that's pretty sure. I think, I think honestly, you, you nailed it earlier, Michael, when you said this is all just a distraction to take uh, the light off of the poor performance of his team and in particular Thomas Assault. Yeah, like you, you, Marino used to do this kind of thing. Oh not, yeah, not, not not the same kind of way, but he used to say stuff and do stuff just to to distract from a situation with his players or a poor performance or a poor run or whatever. Like, it's, well, yeah, because this is what everyone's been classic. talking about on social media exactly. on Sunday, yeah. and even folks in St. Louis have been going on about it as well. And it's like so that I've seen chatter about Thomas Asal, obviously. But yeah, Vanny's comments is the thing that's got the the more play. So in in that case, I mean, it, it's worked out good. But he he did make a joke at the end of his interview on the post game show, where they said, "Well, we'll we'll see you for the game on Wednesday." And it's like, "Well, hopefully, I won't be in the stands with you." I think there's a good chance he might be. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, that game coming up on Wednesday. The game's still coming thick and fast for the Whitecaps. It's an incredible period of games, really. It's an eight-game month. They've been basically playing Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. You've now got a league game coming up on Wednesday against Houston. Then they're at home to Sporting Kansas City on the Saturday. Then they're at home in the Canadian Championship to Montreal. And then they're at home to Cincinnati, which will be a, a tough game the way that Cincinnati are playing just now, the Eastern Conference leaders. But these next two games that are coming up at home, you've got to be looking for six points from this, Well, And we touched on this on the show last week, so I'd like to get your thoughts on this as well. The, the team just simply can't win 
away from no. home just now. It's coming up for a year, which obviously makes these home games most important. Houston, Kansas City, you've got to be looking for six. But what do you feel they need to do to turn around this away form and start to get some wins on the road? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think, you know, personally, there's so many chances and nobody's quite finishing them. Brian White isn't, um, you know, clicking the way he should. And, and that's one of the biggest thing. The um, There's just been some really poor defensive communication or decisions um and so uh i mean just even like uh with hassal and uh blackman in the last game um and uh you know there's been some poor giveaways um you know i think gold had a, a kind of a bad one um midweek uh so you know these things happen obviously but um well and and cordova had been giving up really poor uh passes that have been poorly weighted um but yeah I mean I think they need to score more and they need to get some of these defensive uh problems under control big game against Houston they have been doing the business at home can they do it away from home then Kansas City who got a big win today against Portland we'll delve into our MLS roundup and our CPL roundup in the final part of the show and that's coming up after this. Hey, I'm Julian Gressel, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's the final song from our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of May from Ireland, three-piece band Ash. That was their biggest hit that they had in the UK, reached number five, taken from their debut album 1977, released in 1996. That was Goldfinger. Nothing to do with the James Bond film, nothing to do with toilet paper that is a little bit too thin either for you. 
What? <laughs> that that's a an old joke because you you know the you know the James Bond film Goldfinger. Yes, and I'm the, familiar. The theme tune goes Goldfinger. Finger. Da da da. Mm-hmm. There used to be an impressionist in the UK that did a Shirley Bassey impersonation, and she would follow that up by going, "Should have used a thicker toilet paper." <laughs> so that just sticks in my head whenever I hear Goldfinger. But... I can imagine because I know your head. Talking about shitty things, let's round up the rest of the MLS action, and then we'll get on, <laughs> then we'll get on to the CPL, which for me is not as good this season as it has been in previous years. Maybe there's just been so much football, I haven't been getting into it. But yeah, we'll go round MLS and we'll just kind of round up the action in the MLS West with a little nod as well to our Canadian friends out East. The Western teams started with a 2-1 win for Houston over Austin. Another home game, another three points for Houston. And it's the, the team the Whitecaps are going to be playing next. Austin took the deleting this one from Jizzy Zardes before Herrera tied it up in the 37th and then Franco gets the win for Houston three minutes from time so uh, another good three points there for Houston you had a draw between Minnesota and Salt Lake the action coming in the first half all in the space of three minutes really Saverino given RSL the lead in the 28th minute Three minutes later, a Justin Glad own goal made a share of the points for Minnesota. Just rattling through these. Colorado went down to a 1-0 defeat to another team that the Whitecaps are going to be playing soon, Cincinnati. LA Galaxy went down at home to another defeat to the Clit. Mm-hmm. So Dersky getting the winner in the 73rd minute. Red card for Chicharito. In the 85th minute, and things are just going bad for so, worse from Greg Vanny. So Chicharito was lucky. Did you see, you've seen the video clip, right? I haven't actually. I'm just about to play it just now as we're talking because I thought I haven't actually watched this. I haven't. Heard, I haven't been able to hear the audio from it, but it's one of those situations where, like, whatever the fans are demanding, whether it's the you know them their jerseys or whatever. And then Vanny's there, and they call Vanny over, and he has this like long discussion. I haven't listened to the audio. I don't know if the audio is, it's you. You can actually hear it, but it's awkward. So Chicharito was lucky, but not lucky. But it, it probably one sense he was probably happy to be sent off, so he didn't have to deal with that. I mean, it's a second yellow, and it's just a coming together. He does lift his feet slightly off the ground. I mean, it's a heavy coming together. It was, it was kind of a fifty-fifty for me, but. I don't think there'll be any real appeal on that. But have, you, least... have, you, have you seen the video of the fans, though? No. Oh, yeah, at the end of the game. They, oh, like, no, you, I haven't seen that at they all. Make, the whole team comes over, or a bunch of the team's there, and then they call over Vanny. And now, mind you, there's, like, hardly any... There's, like, the, the section's, like, quite empty compared to before their boycott or whatever it was. But, yeah, they they want a lot, they want Klein out, which... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm more apt to... Um, I, I, I think he needs to go before Vanny, personally, but... See, that's an interesting one, because I think there needs to be a lot of change. But it's like, are they going to say, well, we have faith in Vanny, we just don't have faith in those above. So to get the best out of Vanny, we need new men at the top. 
get from I, the I, summer to try and rebuild the team and get them out of the mess that they're in. To me, it's not the same, but it, yeah, it's like what we talked about with Bayern at the beginning. These Klein and these others have have been guiding the 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 uh, construction of the, te- the the team over the last number of years. I don't I can't remember how long he's been there now, and uh, and yeah, I think like like in, in the like similar to the Bayern situation, I, I think a Klein and his colleague need to go before the coach goes. Mm. Um, so it, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to. To see how that continues to develop, obviously. It was a one all draw for another California side, San Jose, at home to Dallas. A lot of action late in this. Kikanovic gave San Jose the lead in the 78th minute. Tafari tied it up in the 94th before Judson got a red card 10 minutes into stoppage time. So a share of the points there. Haven't had a chance to watch highlights for any of these games. So there might be some really exciting stuff that. I haven't had a chance to see. Seattle beat Red Bulls New York. Another red card in this, but it was 1-0 for them. Jordan Morris, after me saying he hasn't looked good after his good start, got the game winner in the 22nd minute. João Paulo sent off, though, in the 75th. And Seattle just rolling along, getting back into to winning ways. Just watching the, the sending off for João Paulo there and... Did it's Morris get injured? Yellow. Did who get Jordan injured? Morris? Jordan um, Morris get injured? Oh, that I don't know. In, in this game? Yeah, I thought I thought so, but I could be wrong. Oh yes, he's exited with a groin injury. Yeah, I think he's done for a little bit. Ooh. Yeah, leaves with a groin injury, which is. And they're playing Portland. Oh, he he injured his groin on the game-winning goal. Yeah. Not good for them. It's uh, an adductor strain, Schmitz said after the match. Groin injury, however you guys want to phrase it. He thinks he'll be back in two weeks. Those can be tricky, abductor issues. Yeah, I mean, we've had a few guys here that... Those couple of weeks go into four weeks, and then to six yeah. weeks, and yeah, it's not always a, an easy fix. That was all the action from Saturday. One game today, Kansas City spanked Portland, talking of Portland, 4-1. Yeah. Now, I've PVR'd this. I haven't had the chance to watch it. You said you had, Will. What, mm-hmm. what did you make of this one? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Portland didn't play great. Uh, I, definitely the second half, Kansas City picked it up. And uh, Portland took you know, the lead in this one as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was definitely the second half where Kansas City just showed their quality. And another own goal as well. He's been getting about this this week to give Kansas City their third. But Kansas City, on the whole, have started to turn things around. So little concerning with them then coming here. Looking at the Western Conference standings, Seattle's victory sees them leapfrog to the top of the table. Well, they were kind of there anyway, but stay at the top of the table. They leapfrogged St. Louis, who were temporarily there after the the win over the Whitecaps. Seattle, 26 points from 15. St. Louis, 25 from 13. And LAFC, 25 from 12. So, three games in hand for LAFC. Dallas in fourth and 23. San Jose 19, Minnesota 19, Houston 18, 
Vancouver hanging on to a playoff spot in 8th on 17. Staying there because Portland lost today on 16. Austin on 16. Salt Lake on 16. Those two teams below the playoff line. Kansas City making inroads now. They're up to 12th on 13 points. Colorado dropping as much as Kansas City are rising. They're down to 13th now in 12. And LA Galaxy, three points adrift at the bottom. And I, I mean, do you see Vanny going anytime soon, Will? Or do you think they're going to persevere in the hope that he can turn that around? I think they got to drop him soon. But, I mean, there's bigger problems there. Yeah. And the, the problems in Toronto, we'll just quickly touch on that to round up our MLS roundup. They did get a win at the weekend, a much-needed mm-hmm. win. But Berndeski dropped after his comments last weekend. There'd been yeah. lots of reports in the paper that him and Insigne were having meetings. Insigne was asked after the game if he was happy with the coach. He backed him, said he's happy in, in Toronto, not to believe everything you read in the press, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there was some weird, uh, I forget if it was, if it was on One Soccer or somewhere else. No, it was, no, it was Kalen Kyle. Kalen Kyle on uh, Apple TV supposedly had made a comment that Insigne and Bernadeschi don't get along, which yeah. I saw some Italians saying that that's, they've never, ever, ever, ever heard that. Um, or like people who follow Italian football closely. Um, my question for you about this game was, uh, I mean, I, I, well, uh, Bob came out and said, look, uh, Bernadeschi was offside and making the comments that he did, which I thought was kind of interesting. Then obviously dropped him at least in part due to that, or maybe holistically due to that. Um, I saw an image today because, um, Insignia set up both goals, right? Um, I, I saw an image today and I don't think it was Photoshopped. But it looked like it's Insignia giving the middle finger to some section of the crowd or individual or I don't know I don't know what. Oh, I haven't seen uh, that. I've been out busy yeah, like commentating said, today and missed. I don't stuff. think it, I don't think it was doctored. I can't remember if it was on Twitter or where I saw it. I haven't seen that, but that would be interesting. Hmm. That maybe will it was, maybe, not maybe go it was down doctored. well, but yeah, I mean, and maybe it was maybe it was photoshopped. Who knows? But. I mean, maybe they're starting to turn things around. It was a good win for them against DC. 2-0 up, gave up a late goal, held on though for the win. DC United in this game made a first half triple sub. Oh, Wayne Rooney said afterwards he wished he could have had 11 subs to make. That's a way to keep your, your squad on side. Let's turn our attention to to the CPL next. And Zach, you've had a busy day. You were one of the few that were out in Langley for Vancouver FC, by the looks of it. Did they announce a crowd for for this one? Uh, I saw someone online say, uh, mention a number of sold tickets that obviously was not in line with the number of people in the stadium. Yeah, it was was even in the stadium. It was definitely lower than than the Ottawa game. which is unfortunate. Well, it's probably because Zach Verhoeven's crowd of about 3,000 people weren't there. Yeah, there was... Uh, who was playing? Oh, there was, there was some police. Oh, there's some police I would think were there. Yeah, yeah I wonder if, yeah. if Matteo was out to cheer his brother on. I don't I don't think there was that many, though. Definitely not as many as the... That many polices? Yeah. There was... Luigi <laughs> all been there. Yeah. 
Um, but no, but, it was, uh, yeah. it, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, like we talked about before, Michael, you can view this as uh, frustratingly poor or, you know, there's all kinds of reasons, which you, uh, you know, you've given some good perspective on in the past, but like, yeah, for me, I, I don't know. I think it's me. It's you, when you're starting a football club, it's like a blank slate and you're, and you're painting it. And obviously you, you want a full, beautiful picture yeah, and, and that picture is not full yet. And so you can look at it and be all negative and down in the doldrums about it. Or you can, um, you can look at it as, like I said, I think last week or last or two weeks ago, it, as an opportunity to, to shape it and mold it. And so, yeah, that's but how, that's this, how, that's this is the it. AFT and soccer show. We like to take the depressing doom and gloom thing. Plus, if this was the Whitecaps, you'd be ripping them for the poor crowd. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, but well, I but that's you're talking about a football club I appreciate and one I don't. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> that's the contrast. And, that's, also, that means, and, football, and a football club that has not done anything wrong by the public at, at this point yet and one that has done a lot wrong, in my opinion. So, yeah. But I, what I will say is I won't make excuses. Like it is poor and it's not as good as it should be. And uh, I don't, I don't think it's what they were expecting either. From our chats with Rob, who had been assured oh, by local clubs, oh, we we can sell the venue out every week for you just with our members alone. Yeah, and that to be fair, uh, and I don't know, if I'm speaking out of turn, but that has been part of the part of the part of the the issue. Like I think we've talked about before, Michael, a significant amount of their time and energy in terms of uh, larger, whether group sales or whatever, has gone into working with local clubs and the, let's say, enthusiasm of TDs or higher-ups has not um, not um, played out fully through those organizations. Um, so it helped, obviously, the first game, for sure. And now they kinda, they're kind of... Uh, from what I understand, and we saw today. Today was like Coquitlam Metro Ford Day or whatever. Um, oh, it was also it was also firefighters appreciation. Yeah, but in terms of youth clubs, they're, oh, doing right. like, they're doing like one youth club. The first game, yeah, like which, I, which I do, which I do like. Yeah. I, so the I, first the first game was all youth clubs. Now each match has like a youth a designated youth club kind of okay. thing. Okay. I mean, so I, today I, was I'm be, obviously being a little bit facetious, but like to to be serious, well, and like we had a, a little yeah. chat of this during the game and stuff as well. And I was having some chats with some of the TSS guys and with Felipe as well. It is concerning that a team is starting off and maybe not getting the the, the good crowds or keeping hold of the crowds. On the other hand, it is also understandable because it is a new team and you're still building a fan base. Mm. But it, it's concerning because the weather's good. Yes. If we get some rainy days, what are we going to see crowd-wise and, and stuff like that? That's what we kind of have to now, yeah. I, I guess, have a gauge of. So uh, what what I'll just say is to start, uh, you know, I, I feel uh, for uh, Vancouver FC and I, I feel for, you know, Zach has been very active and supporting and and trying to build something there. And I think he's doing a great job. Yeah. Your and section looks say, great tonight, Zach. I thought. Yeah. And I want to say that in my opinion, none of us should take joy or glee in something doing poorly. Like, Oh this. yeah. I'm, I, I am uh, because not. if you love football, yeah, as, as I think we all do, I, I go out to TSS rovers. I'll go out to other league one BC teams. 
I'll go out to UBC Thunderbirds University football because I'm a I'm an alum and I just love football. So I'll go and watch anything. I do not want to see any of these teams do poorly. Anyone who is uh, taking glee in this situation, I I mean, I sound like an old man, but shame on you. I mean, no, you're if quite you like right. football, you should be supporting all of this. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to root for the team, but you shouldn't wish them ill. And this is ill. Uh, so I, I really don't like when people do that. You don't have to support the team or even go to the games or or if they're playing your team, whether it's TSS Rovers or uh, Pacific or uh, the Whitecaps, if that ever happens, you don't have to root for them and you can root for your team to, to win, but you shouldn't root for a team to, to do poorly. And yeah. so I, I hate seeing this. It, there has been a bit of tribalism <laughs> of late and I, I think part of it has stemmed from this whole ridiculous Shan Hundo quote and looking like they're having a go at the Whitecaps so there's been a little bit of stuff thrown thrown back their way but this is my like serious and genuine feelings on this and I've been concerned about this for a while that we're oversaturating the local market Mm. with teams to go and watch all playing at the same time all their well, seasons I'll, colliding at the same time. I'll also say, and and you know, um, I I understand that this is a new developing situation, and um, but I I do think, you know, uh, that it was a mistake calling it Vancouver FC, and and anyone can read the tea leaves after. I I just think that when you call it Vancouver FC, to your point about oversaturation you're then directly putting yourself next to the Vancouver Whitecaps. And for a long time, if you search Vancouver FC, yep. you would get you would get the Vancouver Whitecaps. And still, a lot of the results are clouded by that. So you are directly putting yourself next to that club. Again, just trying to be fair on everyone. And I think that that was a big strategic mistake. Uh, instead of planting your flag in Langley, and I know that some of the name recognition may not land well in Ontario or Halifax, but at least it's a place unlike uh, Pacific or HFX or, Mm, um, you know, Valor. Uh, So it is a place you can Google it. Uh, Surrey might have had more brand recognition, but it is what it is now. The decision has been made. Let's try to make this club work. Um, you know, and and I agree with you. It, it's hard, uh, especially because we also have B- League One BC coming in at the same time. So well, there's a lot well, t- of football today. Now. For an example, there was a I was at commentating at the Altitude Games, which meant I couldn't get out to Vancouver FC. And I'm sure there's not a huge overlap between the sets of supporters, but Vancouver FC did go and play a game against Altitude to try and attract supporters from the North Shore. Unity were at home today in Lang. Well, actually, it was in Chilliwack. Um, so you've got like folk maybe what wanted to go and watch that instead. Again, it's maybe not a huge amount, but you've got a couple of folk there missing, a couple of folk here missing. It's a beautiful day. Folk have other things to do. I saw in the the Facebook um, group for the the Fanatics Act. There's a few folk tr- trying to sell tickets. For, for the games to, today as well. There's a lot going on in the summer 
outside of football. You've got the BC Lions back as well. Mm. Now you've got all these football, soccer clubs playing in the same period. Their seasons are all overlapping and you can't avoid clashes. There's going to be clashes. There's a clash this Friday with WFC2 and Vancouver FC. And again, there's maybe not a huge overlap of the fan bases, but Mm -hmm. there are fans that want to go and watch all these teams and then they might have to make a choice. Money as well factors into it. But the other aspect, which we've talked a lot in the show about Zach is, and this is affecting the Whitecaps this year with the Apple deal, you've got a new club starting out that people, the majority of people in the catchment area haven't had a chance to watch them on their TV screens yet unless they subscribe to One Soccer. So it's hard to market a club that way when folk haven't seen them on TV. I think it's not the same due to the fact that One Soccer is, one, available on TELUS, and two, a significant, oh, sorry, what I'm guessing is a significant amount of football people in the lower mainland have Fubo TV because they want to watch the Premier League. Yeah. Not, not the reason I have it. Obviously, I have it for One, one Soccer, but I think the majority of people have it for that. And so they I, have I just it. canceled my subscription today at the end of the EPL season. Oh, nice. I'm going to be adding uh, one soccer into my, my TELUS thing because it's only $5 a month. And if you're a fan of Canadian soccer, I highly recommend if you've got TELUS to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it's totally, like, I, If I had TELUS, I would do that. I probably should do TELUS because my place is on TELUS, but I might not. Um, but no, I, that, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's as big as a challenge as the Apple TV, TV thing is personally, but um, no, I, I that, might be dead wrong. That has been a tough one this year for the Whitecaps. But, I mean, it will factor into it because you're, you're sure. trying to launch a new team sure. yeah. and there's going to be people that have no idea what the CPL is. So they're not going to have one soccer because they haven't got a clue what the CPL is to begin with. They might not even know, despite the marketing that's been done, that there's a, a team playing out in Langley in this league. And, and that's what I think... It's the big challenge for Vancouver FC. I think they can do a lot of things better. I still think they need to tell more stories of the players mm-hmm. to have people have an attachment to the team, have an attachment to the players. Losing Caden Chung's a big blow as a local yes. guy that yeah. you could market. Totally. But yeah, I, I, I don't know I, what the answer is. I, 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 or I'll, say the, uh, I'll say this again. Like, to me, at this moment, and maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll switch, shift gears in the future, but... Uh, I'm not interested in, in in making excuses. To counter your point about the the hey, it's a beautiful day in the lower mainland. You got a million things you can do. Um, it was a wonderful day to watch a football game. It oh, was yeah. sun, it was sunny. It wasn't too hot. There was a nice breeze. Um, I put on sunscreen just because I burn easy. But uh, I, I did too. Somewhere. As I sat freezing in the shade under a tent in North Van, I actually had a fleece on. I was that cold. There you go. So and folk are probably looking different. at me going, what the hell's wrong with this guy? I'm like sweating buckets here. But yeah, it was so it was it was uh it was a it was a little bit um yeah, sorry, it was it was a it was a great day to be at the, the at the stadium, even if it was le- with less people than than ideal. And um yeah, I think um I I I, I, I wanna 
uh, keep working, you know, uh, being involved with the fanatics and, and doing stuff like uh, I've been enjoying. And so, yeah, it's been well, great. They, they showed we, some we, clips for you guys towards the end and you were all like swinging back and forward together and you all looked happy, mm -hmm. which is part of going to watch football. You want to be happy. Yeah, totally. So, but yeah, every game, there's always like new people who would come by and, and or come by like today was a dude with his kid he came by and hung out and then saw him in the parking lot and he came to talk to us and we're like yeah come come back you're always welcome we have space for you we, we, that's one of the great things about working yeah. there's always space for people the safe standing is i've been really enjoying it it's a lot yeah of, i want to go and check that out whenever i get to a game which will be in june i'm targeting i think there's a game on a tuesday night i think that might be the game that the uh, I get, yeah. yeah i think that's the game i'm going to get out Forge. to as my first game Oh, that's a good one to have. You you should come to Pacific on Friday. I'm going to WFC too. I've told you. Oh that. yeah, you told me that. Yeah. Also, it is. I are you working. are you commentating, or you're just going to WFC too? Oh, I'm just going because I love the team. Oh, oh right, yeah. Maybe see Sergio Cordova get a run out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, hey, one so could it, hope. It was, yeah. it was it was a, it was a. I, I had an enjoyable day. Well, let, let's talk about the game because I didn't mean to yeah. talk this much about the 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 crowd. It just kind of developed into that. But it, I I didn't get to watch the first half because I forgot to, to PVR it on football and I was commentating and the traffic back from North Van was awful. So I watched the second half mm -hmm. and it didn't strike me as a very exciting game in parts, but Valor, how many goals did Valor get chopped off? Only the one that I recall. Just the, was it the one, because... The one that I saw, the commentators made it sound like there had been another couple that had been chopped off that I might have missed. But I, I well, thought there's only one that I can remember. But huh. or maybe, maybe it might have been two actually. Sorry, it might have been two. Valor looked but, more dangerous, but then Vancouver FC had that great chance and stoppage yeah. time. Was well, it Hundo? It fell to no Hundo passed it back to uh, Amir uh, Kinani. Kinani. Um, but yeah, that was a great chance. But we had the uh, so I on the whole, uh, like I I was you know I don't get to see the whole game, uh, although I see more than more than I usually do because we got multiple people doing stuff. But um, I, I haven't watched the whole game back, but I've watched the the highlights or whatever. Um, on the, both in the stadium and from looking at the highlights, I think Valor had uh, more chances than than we did. But I think I would say that we had the the best chance of the game, which was when Kane, with a sort of interesting ball, came. I can't remember who put it into him, but Kane hit the crossbar in the first half. Ah, see, I and, haven't seen that. Yeah, you haven't seen. It's in the highlight package. Right. I think you can see it there. But that was the best chance of the game, and and we had we had others. Um, like you said, the one at the end, uh, Sandoval was sort of in one time, and he couldn't chip it or couldn't lift it over the keeper, who's quickly approaching and. Um, so the, it was great signs. I, I, a couple of things just about like without talking breaking down the game, uh, you know, is the the team continues to battle. Like the the team, like there's this never give up. You know, obviously the five nil was a, a very difficult day, but but then you uh, bounce back with two clean sheets as well. Two clean sheets, first ever clean sheet on the road, first ever clean sheet at home. Um, so like lots of really really encouraging thing. Also, not just talking about the players, but talking about the coaches. Um, you saw Afshin again just recognize that we're not creating enough. Obviously, we're not scoring enough. And so to try different things, that starting lineup TJ started, which was amazing. 
Um, and it, he continues to impress and look the every bit the part at such a young age, which is so encouraging. Um, and then there's um yeah, he just shifted he shifted the 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 front around a bit. Gale came off at halftime. Um, because I think he's got a bit of a niggle. And and then uh he brought on a, uh Amir and he brought on um who's the other individual but anyways oh he brought on um crawford to play left back clock went to right back and they pushed ibra into what i thought at first was a midfield role but then ibra was essentially yeah, playing went, center forward yeah because yeah uh, Felipe sent me his kind of match analysis of it which i didn't manage to get up before this but by the time this comes out it will be up on the site so i was reading it and he had that and i was like oh wow it's an interesting yeah. decision yeah but th th those players that, that came on at the half I think we're cry. We have a lot of time for Crawford. I thought he did did well. Um, uh, Amir was not bad, although obviously wish he would have scored. And then um, the the later subs weren't great. Like Nikki didn't look great. Robe didn't look great when he came on. And I can't remember who the other sub was in the game. But um, I, again, I just the way the 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 tactical the formational kind of switches that Afshin's making, you could see he was going for it. You could see he was putting everything in to, to getting a win. Uh, that was yeah, just it was encouraging. The the, the squad is limited. Uh, I, I can't remember how much we talked about this in the past, Michael. I know you and I have talked about it uh, on our own, but there was a there is a player that was supposed to come in that didn't come in. Yes, um, that was a significant player for them. And that that has hindered things. Um, it, it does feel like they badly need an out and out striker. But then, what what team doesn't? Yeah, this player might not have been a striker, but I definitely think in July you'll see at least one striker and at least one midfielder come in. And I, I think st I still think Theo Bear could be a guy that comes in, mm. at least to the CPL, if maybe not in Vancouver. So oh, Johnson's I... got the new manager; he hasn't been featuring. I wouldn't be disappointed to see Theo Bear. I like Theo Bear. Mm. Um, but I think there's opportunity for even uh, more experienced players who might. Um, Camilo. No, no. <laughs> no Camilo's, like, like I predicted at the beginning, I think Camilo's wage demands make yeah. him not an option for the CPL. Just And he's not really. I mean, he's near the tail end of his career. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to someone near the tail end of their career, but yeah, not, not yeah. for the way. Well, you, you've already got Sandoval that's maybe not lit it up the way folk were hoping as well. And I know he has, he's not fully fit and he's got some niggles. Yeah. But but that, that point today moved Vancouver on to seven points from their seven games. So they're averaging a point a game. They're sixth in the standings. Yeah. And... Like, we won't go through all of the games this weekend, but more draws. It's been quite incredible. Except Seven... for except, except for the open, the one game was Forge beat Atletico. Yeah, one and I, I just I just want to say I've kind of been a little bit critical, maybe even you could say negative of Tristan Henry in the past for mm. Forge as their keeper, and he absolutely stole them three points. Like like he like the both the volume and the quality of chances that Ottawa had. And for Forge to get a 1-0 victory was was crazy. Well, I mean, Forge out on top, 15 points. Pacific yeah. second on 12. And then York, surprisingly, sitting in third. And, also surprisingly, the only team without a draw. Did York win? Uh, they or drew... They, 
they one, one against one one. A cavalry. Okay. Oh no no sorry they beat cavalry yeah, one. They beat nil. cavalry one. Yeah, they beat yeah, cavalry okay, one nil. I'm mixing all these games up. Yeah, they beat cavalry one nil. But Pacific they haven't got any draws. Pacific tied one all. Yeah, that was the one yeah. that I was thinking was one all. Reed, so, Reed got his Reed got his first league goal, which was I think his first league goal, which is great for them. Yeah. So cavalry and valor, five draws each from their seven games, and Halifax six draws from their seven games. Yeah. Crazy, how, crazy stuff. How many do how many do we have? Three draws, is it? Or four? Four draws. It's three. Four draws. Four no, the only team that's unbeaten. It's gotta be three because we have a win. We have six no, points. it's four draws. It's one one win. Oh, we have seven points, right? Yeah, yeah one win, four draws. Yeah. So Pacific, Cavalry, Valor, and Halifax all in one defeat because of yeah. all the draws. It's it's been crazy. Have you had a chance to watch much of the, the CPL this season, Will? Uh, well, mostly Vancouver. I've seen some Pacific games, but uh, I've been watching all the Vancouver games. Um, yeah, I mean, so far it's it's not as exciting as some of the past seasons. Yeah, because uh, I was just thinking today, I, I kind of feel the quality isn't as high as some of the previous seasons. I think part of that is you knew more of the players in the past. It might be that, yeah. <laughs> Maybe just took more interest in it. Yeah. Um, and I... I've been watching more games actually this year in full rather than just the highlights as well. But I don't know, it just hasn't grabbed me this the same this this year. But it's probably because there's so much football to watch. Just to round up our roundups, I just want to give a quick mention to League One BC in the women's division. Nosamo out in front, sixteen points. Nosamo Unity in the Whitecaps should take three of the four places that's almost assured even just five six games into the the season for the the postseason and then it's a big battle for that fourth spot which altitude are holding on to just now with tss rovers breathing down their necks so that's exciting in the men's division it is wide open just now it's crazy there is just three points separating first to seventh with the, the top four teams going into the postseason, and whoever finishes first, unless it's the White Caps, taking that spot in the Canadian Championship next year. So a lot to play for in League One. There's been some great games. If there's a team near you, if you can get out to one of those games, please go and do that and support your local team. But that is it pretty much for the show. We've still got this week's wavelength to bring you. I'm bringing you a song from just last year from a, an Australian band, although it's more a solo artist, but they're called Sir Robert Orange Peel, and they've had a couple of football albums out. This was one they brought out from just before the World Cup. It's a lot of kind of instrumental music with samples from various football things in it. I love those kind of songs. This song is sampling the commentary from Gordon Banks' famous save in the 1970. World Cup when he denied Pele and England were playing Brazil. And I'm going to dedicate this song to Emil Gazdorf and to Thomas Hassel. This is Sir Robert Orange Peel, Old Safe Hands. <laughs> Don't matter. 
Robert Orange Peel there, old safe hands, all about goalkeepers, how some teams would like a pair of safe hands just now. That is it though for the show. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Will, for joining us this week. Just before we go, any final thoughts from you, Will? Anything funny caught your eye? Anything you want to share? Where can folk find you online? No, I mean, I just, it it's, uh, was a great week for football with the Premier League and with the Bundesliga and CPL. And uh, man, I, I, I'm going to miss European football, but uh, it's, we still got MLS and we still got CPL and BC League One. It's a good time to be a football fan. Mm. And uh, people can catch me on Twitter um, at William A. Silver. So much football. The the European under seventeen championships are on just now. The under twenty Concacaf or World Cup. Yeah. You've got the men's under twenty World Cup. Uh, uh talking of World Cups, are you all excited for the World Cup that's coming up next month? It's live in the zone. Darts. Yes. <laughs> I, I've I, I renewed the zone for a month just so I can watch the Darts World Cup and the English playoffs. I oh, would like there, to... There's a game tomorrow, I've just remembered. I'd like to see the stop oil people glue themselves to the dartboard. <laughs> I think folk would throw darts at them. <laughs> yeah, they would. I yeah. watched... Um, I PVR'd and I've watched the first about hour of uh, Jade Herdman's final groups match at the World Cup against the host Argentina. I haven't seen anything of that yet. I did oh, watch okay. the second game where Jay got a goal. Oh, nice. Okay, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, nice goal from him. Why did he start on the bench then against RG? He came, I think he came on right after him. But... Oh, interesting. Yeah, he got yeah. a banger against uh, Uzbekistan, but Uzbekistan got a stoppage time leveler. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm a little bit behind from being away in the island last week, so I've got a lot of games in the PVR that I'm just going to have to fast forward through. Well, it's just not enough hours in the day. I'll, I'll say there's some bangers in the Argentina game. <laughs> Oh, and I think I might be knowing where they're coming from. I love me a good Argentine banger. R.I.P. Eva Perón. Any final thoughts from you, Zach? I don't know if I can, how to follow that up, Michael. Oh, my. Um, Just don't cry. Oh, my. That was so bad. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Zachary AM. If you uh, if you're not at WFC two, uh, come and come to the uh, Vancouver Sea Pacific match on Friday night. Yes, yeah, support your kickoff. local team, depending what side of the the river you're on. Yes, 
but no seriously come it, it should be good times uh if you need tickets uh we have some fraser valley fanatics uh or fv fanatics at gmail.com uh, or on the socials it's not sold out no no disappointed it's on a friday i've got to say i know the other ones are on a saturday but i think they all should have been and i know why we've talked about it before it's it just doesn't sit right with me that you've got a local derby that having endured the ferry although it was beautiful if you saw my photos from the sunset coming back from the naimo on friday uh and all the ferries left in time it was great um so so what one thing just to jump in it's not great but the Whitecaps and Seattle had games on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so it's yes, better than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, some, that's of those, some of those, too. some of those were the be- the best games to be at. Yeah, so, yeah, Kakuta with his midweek hat trick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, from watching Kakuta, Kakuta, Kakuta in yeah. the flesh twice now yeah. this month, yeah. he is a shadow of his former self. Mm. He's living in past glories. There were so many White Cats fans going, "Oh, I'd love him back." Why have you no. not watched him in the last five years? Yeah, it's yeah. sad. It's sad. I know. I noticed that in the in the V's Cup match this week when he, yeah. when he, came, when he came on. Just does not look. Does, doesn't have the same swagger, the same pace, anything. No. But happens to us all as we get older. Maybe by the time we get to episode a thousand, we won't have the same swagger. I'll still be banging out wavelengths so that annoy everyone and have an artist of the month that no one likes. And we'll have a new one coming up next episode because it's a new month. Until then, as always, thanks for listening. Take care and just enjoy the feast of football. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Yeah. Mm-hmm.